chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to teach the young people, uh, the uh, junior church now for about four, and a year, four years, four and a half years, and, and uh, be able to be a part there. And we have a good time. It's almost like junior camp every week up there. And uh, we have games and songs and, and have a good time. And um, I love, the, love, those, love those kids. Actually, it's a little bit easier to preach to them than it is you. And uh, somebody told me tonight, just pretend like there's a bunch of juniors in front of you. And uh, I know some of you would really appreciate that and uh, make you feel a little younger. And, uh, but uh, then just recently, I uh, had the opportunity just to, you know, to be the youth pastor here. And what a blessing that is. And uh, I was privileged to be able to work along uh, with TJ you know, for the years that I was here. He allowed me to work right along with him. And uh, that was definitely a blessing and uh, to, to learn from him, actually. And, uh, uh, but something's been on my heart, just, I guess, uh, just recently since I've taken over the youth department and, and um, try, to, try to express that a little bit tonight. And, and, you know, the fact that you wonder why, you wonder why more people, more young people um, are not saying, uh, I want to serve the Lord in full-time Christian service. I believe if you took a, a poll of years gone by and years past and you would see the decline of, of people, of young people going into the ministry or, or uh, having a desire to serve God, to, uh, to do what he would have them to do. So my question is, why are, more, why are not more young people don't have that fire about them to live for the Lord? And I got to thinking about that, and I've been able to, you know, be around the teenagers here for quite some time, been around teenagers since pretty much 1997, and, and worked with them, and been around them, and you go to camps, and boy, you see them get on fire, and you, you see them, uh, uh, boy, go to the altar, and, and Thursday night is always a special time when you get around the campfire, and uh, they would uh, uh, give a testimony, this is what the Lord has, has done for me, and this is what the Lord is, is doing in my life, and, and it seems like even the past years that, you know, maybe that's been a little bit down, a little bit of a decline. You take kids to junior camp and, and you, 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 you invest in them and, and many of you have invested in, in many ways in the juniors and the, and the young people and uh, the people here at Central Baptist Church. Take them to youth conferences and, and to camps and you have activities and, and you have the preaching of the word and every activity we have, I try to have a little devotion of some sort uh, where we try to teach a, a thought. We had an activity Friday night. Some of you might have heard about it, and uh, it seemed like it was a pretty good activity. And and they had to go and get points, and they had a scavenger hunt to get points. And uh, the devotion, uh, you know, most of the time when they get their paper for those points, they look at what is the most points, and we're going to get those, which I understand and go for that. And they would go and try to get the, the points there and. And uh, the devotion was, you know, in our life, we should be uh, living for the eternal uh, blessings, the eternal rewards. And we always try to give them something there. Um, how come we don't have young people that are saying, Lord, here is my life. 
Lord, here it is. You can take it, Lord. You can have first shot. And I'm not saying that's in the ministry. I'm, I could be a doctor, a lawyer, uh, a nurse, a, a plumber, electrician. If that's what God has for you, then I say do it and make the best of it. Make as much money as you can if that's what the Lord has you doing. But how come we don't have more teenagers and more young people that are saying, Lord, here is my life. Lord, take it and just use it however you see fit. Lord, I want to do whatever you want in my life. And the more I, around teenagers, the more I listen to them. And I think I, think I kind, of, kind of figured it out, maybe. I kind of have a little bit of an illustration here. I think that will help out, maybe make us see and, and, and what the Lord has for the young people. And you see, I believe, I believe that, uh, and I've maybe said something about this before, but I believe that a young person is a vessel that God wants to use, is a vessel that God wants to take, and God wants to use in a mighty way. And we have some great young people around here, but there's some that, that just, man, that just, just won't say, Lord, here's my life. And I got to looking at them and thinking, okay, what, what, what is going on here? What is going on with these young people? What is going on? What is the problem? What is the problem with some of the adults? Why aren't we having people saying, Look, I want to serve God. Whatever it is, I will do it. What is it? And you start listening to people and you hear what they say and you listen to what's going on in their life. And I think maybe this will help out. This is the vessel of a young person. And I know a vessel of a young person when they're young, boy, they're, they're, they're clean and, and they're pure. And man, that's one thing about the, uh, uh, the young people in junior church. If you ask them, how many of you want to serve God? Man, man, all 69 of them raise their hand. We want to serve God. Yeah, we want to do it. And it's great. And I love that spirit and that attitude. But when it gets to seventh grade and eighth grade, and it's like, oh, let's see who's looking. Let's see who's watching. Oh, maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And I started thinking, I really believe that, I believe that as a vessel, we have young people. These ping pong balls represent some sort of the world in their life. And they have, I believe, too much of the world in them. They have the phones, which connect to all sorts of things you have the tvs which now are babysitters you just put them in front of the tv and just hey just long as you're not bothering me just leave me alone with we don't know what they're watching most of the time and we think it's something good but the philosophies do we even really look at those you have the youtube channels that people can get access to the teenagers it's amazing nowadays the, the amount of, uh, of, uh, of phones that you see with the young people. And, and you have uh, the different, uh, the gaming systems, the gaming systems that they play now that, that uh, they're killing people. And uh, uh, um, they, uh, they have the ones where they're, they get the prostitutes on the, on the, t- on the game systems and, and the cussing and, and the, uh, the other inf- the world of influence there. And, and then you have uh, the internet. I've already said a little bit about that. And we have these teenagers that their life is full of the world. And then we wonder why they don't have a desire to serve God. They have access to anything and everything. 
We give them the phones and just say, hey, guys, be careful. Ladies, be careful. Don't do anything stupid. Just go ahead. Just be careful. And we trust them with that. And we have the TV and the cable and the worldly influences in their life. And I believe many times the reason that we have young people that don't have a desire to serve God, we have young adults that don't have a desire to serve God, we have people in the church that don't have a desire to serve God, is because they're full of the world. And I'm thinking, man, we got to get this out of them. I'm thinking, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get the world out of the young people? I can't do it by myself. Uh, you know, I get to meet with them on Sunday morning. We have family time at 4 o'clock. And, and I, I'm not able to, you know, I could pray for them and, and I could and invest in them. And I could do everything we can to, to, to try to get the world out of them. But I feel like that is the problem. That is right. We love the world so much more than we love serving Christ. We love the world so much more than we want to please Christ. If we look at John chapter 2 and look at verse 15, John chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. When we love the world enough that it draws our hearts away from God, we have a problem. And I believe many of the teenagers, many of the young people, young adults, uh, uh, maybe adults, that's where we're at. We've loved the world so much that our hearts are drawn away from God. We don't have a desire to serve God. We don't care about serving God. When we love the things that are not pleasing to God. Take your Bibles now turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, please. Acts chapter 2, 2, verse 41. Verse 41. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and uh, parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help me tonight. Lord, I just want to be a blessing. 
Lord, I do believe we have a great group of kids and young people, Lord. And Lord, but I pray that you just help us to realize that many of them have a lot of the world in them. And we need to get it out. Lord, I believe that you have a special plan for each and every one of the young people, adults, the kids. A plan for each and every one of us, Lord. And I pray that you'd help me tonight to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe, like I said, we have young people that have the world in them. So how are we going to get that out? What are we going to do? I said as a youth pastor, I get them two times a week, maybe three times, or uh, one uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Number one, I believe we get involved in the church. Get involved in the church. We just read here about the first church. and Get involved in everything that you can around here. As a family, as a family, get involved in everything that you can. We had the, uh, the ministry uh, expo just a couple weeks ago that gave all the ministries that's going on around here, all the ministries that, that we have here that you can get involved in. Listen, get your family involved in the music program. Get them involved in the nursing homes. Get them involved in the bus. Get them involved in the, the youth in the soul winning. Lately, I've kind of been uh, uh, convicted about that soul winning and the fact, I think I told the teenagers this, I don't know what day it was, um, maybe in class, the fact that I can get up here at 7.30 on Saturday morning for soccer and be here till 11.30, but when it comes to Saturday soul winning, not too many people show up. It's like, man, that hurts. That hurts. Am I, supposed to, am I where I'm supposed to be? Uh, and we see here in verse 45 that the people in the church believe, verse 45 the Bible says, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Listen, they believe so much in the church. They believe so much in what was going on. They believe so much in what was uh, taking place there that they sold their possessions. And they were at the church daily and they were in one accord. Man, they believed in the church. They believed in what was going on. Listen, I don't know about you, but I believe in what's going on here. I believe in the activities that's going on here, and I want to be a part of that. Listen, you need to get your family a part of everything that's going on around the church. Next, they belonged. They belonged. When we get saved and baptized, we belong to the local New Testament church. First, yes, we belong to Christ, which is all exciting in itself. Man, we become, uh, 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 we're in Christ. Second, we belong to the church that is trying to reach Hattiesburg, that is trying to reach Mississippi, that is trying to reach the world. We, I believe we, uh, 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 I get to be a part of a, one of the greatest churches I've ever been a part of. Man, if I thought otherwise, I would look someplace else. But I am thankful that I belong to a great church that has a vision, that has, has, a, has a vision. Jeremiah has a, a, a vision for each and every one of your young people, for the young adults. And hey, listen, we ought to be thankful that we belong. It is exciting to belong to something that has a desire to see souls saved and lives changed. In verse 41 and verse 42... Let's read that real fast. Verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers they were doing things. Next year they behaved. It's amazing that if we really believed in something, 
we behave totally different. If we really believe in something, for example, if we really believed that people are dying left and right and spending eternity in a place called hell forever and ever, we would behave different. If we really believe that people die and go to heaven uh, when they get saved, we would behave different. Man, we'd have tracks in our pockets. We'd have tracks in our, in, our, in our duffel bags. Man, we'd be passing out tracks everywhere. But see, I don't really think that we really believe that. Because if we did, we would behave different. Behave different. If we really believed in heaven, our behavior is affected by our belief. Our behavior is affected by our belief. Number two, turn to Colossians chapter 3, please. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 15. The Bible says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Number two, make your home a Christian home. Make your home a Christian home. I believe that many times our homes are not Christian. A home is a place, but a home is made up of people. A Christian home is a home where people are living their Christian faith each day. Each day. I believe that we are a part of three homes. Uh, if you're saved, you're a part of the heavenly home. Man, praise the Lord for that. Number two, the church home. And number three, hopefully a strong Christian home. See, Satan is real, and he's tearing families apart left and right. Left and right, he's tearing families apart. You hear, it breaks my heart when you see a young person, you know what's happening in their family. So, what makes a home a Christian home? What makes it a Christian home? Verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3 says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, even uh, if any man for, um, have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Some may say that, oh, my husband, he's a Christian. We have a Christian home. I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, my wife, she's a Christian. I think we have a Christian home. I don't think that's necessarily true. Just because someone is Christian does not make that place Christ-like. So what are the ingredients of a Christian home? Number one here is peace. The Bible says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. 
Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I believe, I believe the home ought to be a place of peace. It ought to be a place where the young people, the, the kids can come to at the end of the day. Boy, you got school and you got work and you got everything going on. Crazy like sometimes a place at home ought to be a place of peace. A place that's always been our, our, uh, our, uh, what we've wanted in our, for our boys is that they would be able, they want to be home. They want to come home. I don't want it to be where, man, I'm not going home. It's a battlefield there. I don't want to go home. I don't want to be a part of that. A truly Christian home is a place of peace, a place where the peace of God is ruling in people's hearts. A home should not be a battleground. It should be a place of worship fortified against the devil. Take your Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known, made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. With the peace of God, which the world does not understand, Nothing will blow you off, of course. If your home is a place of battling and fighting, it's not a Christian home. According to the standard of God's word, a Christian home is a place of peace of God, where the peace of God rules. Uh, number next, uh, B here is, should be a place of thankfulness. A Christian home is a place of peace. And next is a place of thankfulness. Colossians 3.15. You don't have to turn there. The Bible says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. Be ye thankful. Uh, in, in a Christian home, we find thankfulness. It's an it's, it's easy to gripe and complain. It's easy to complain about what's going on in life. It's easy to complain about certain things. We desire everything to go a certain way, and our spirit becomes critical, which leads to an ungrateful spirit. Ungrateful spirit. In a Christian home, we don't gripe about what we have to eat. We thank the Lord that we have something to eat. In a Christian home, we don't gripe about the things that we wear. We're thanking the Lord that we have something to wear. In a Christian home, we're not griping about uh, the vehicle we have to drive. We're thanking the Lord we have a vehicle to drive. But many times, we're complaining. We're complaining about this and complaining about that. And and I understand sometimes you just got to get things off your chest. But if you do, get away from your kids. Get away from your kids. Um, many times uh, we complain and our kids are right there around us. And, and then we wonder why they're so ungrateful about things. Because they hear you. They listen to you. We ought to thank the Lord that we have a mom. We ought to thank the Lord that we have a dad. We shouldn't complain about it. Some people don't have a mom and dad. We ought to thank the Lord that we have a brothers and a sister, believe it or not. That we have family. 
We have too many people that are complaining about things they can't even change, which leads to an ungrateful spirit. We complain in front of our children and wonder why they never satisfied, why they are never satisfied with the things that they are given. Have a home of thanksgiving. Next, have a home that has the word of God in it. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3, a couple pages to your right. 3.16, the Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Most homes nowadays don't have the word of God in them. Don't have that time of devotion. What is devotion? It's a time that's devoted to God. Whether it be as an individual, whether it be as a family. Listen, there ought to be a time. There ought to be a time where the word of God is taught in the home. Next. I said make our home a Christian home. Next, first get involved in the church. Number three, secure your most precious belongings. Secure your most precious. What is your most precious belongings? I believe your most precious belongings. I hope you didn't think of your AR-15 that's sitting in the closet. Or the TV or the computer. I hope you thought about your children. Your most precious belongings that God has entrusted you with. Man, we ought to, we ought to secure them. Oh, we buy a gun safe to put our guns in. Uh, we, we buy uh, 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 codes, and we have uh, codes for our devices to keep people from hacking in them. Uh, we park our car in a certain way that nobody will scratch them. We put alarms on our houses to protect them from th- thieves. Yet, our most precious items that God has given us, we don't secure them. We don't secure them. The thing is, we put devices in the hand and let them watch whatever they want so they will not get upset with you. Oh, I want a phone. They don't need a phone. Amen. I'm sorry. They don't need a phone. Uh, I understand if they're driving around town, uh, that's okay. I, you know, when you let the world influence them, we, we let the world influence them in all sorts of ways. I think we ought to do everything we can to secure our precious belongings. I know this message has nothing to do with, with dress and all that, but I, I read this little, little article that, that a, a dad was trying to get across to his daughter. And I agree with the fact that he was trying to uh, teach his daughter how valuable she was. A girl bought an iPad. When her father saw it, he asked her, what was the first thing you did when you bought it? Well, she said, I put an anti-scratch sticker on the screen and bought a cover for the iPad, she replied. Did someone force you to do so? No. Well, don't you think and it's an insult to the manufacturer? No, dad. In fact, they even recommend using a cover for the iPad. Did you, did you cover it because it was cheap and ugly? Actually, I covered it because I didn't want it to get damaged and decrease in value. When you put the cover on it, didn't it reduce the iPad's beauty? Well, I think it looks better and it is worth it for the protection it gives my iPad. 
the father looked lovingly at his daughter and said, Yet if I asked you to cover your body, which is much more precious than the iPad, would you have readily agreed? She was mute. I believe we have some young people that are such more, more precious, so much more valuable than an iPad. Yet we'll do everything we can to protect our phones, to protect our iPads, our computers, our earthly belongings that are going to burn up someday. Yet we will not protect our kids. We won't protect our young people. We won't keep them from all the worldly influences. They're getting bombarded by all the worldly influences in their life. Put a hedge about your home. If it makes it people upset, so be it. I believe I have to stand before the Lord and give an answer for my boys. I believe that. If I make somebody upset because my boy doesn't get to hang out with so-and-so, so be it. I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings. I don't care. I feel like I'm going to answer for it. So how do we protect them? You pray daily for wisdom, for guidance, for protection. You pray daily for them. Boy, we have to. It's a battlefield. It's a fight. It's a fight. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. It's a fight. It's a battle every single day. And Satan wants to do everything he can to dump all the world inside of them. Pray daily. And next, do everything in your power to not let Satan into your home. Listen, it's okay to have the, the codes on the, the, on the TV so your kids can't just get up and watch it whenever they want to. So with that being said, I believe that if we were to have a worldly young person, worldly adult, and just Sunday morning, okay, a little bit of Sunday morning, a little bit of Sunday night is not going to do much. But if we will get the Bible in them and we'll protect the home and we'll get them involved in church and we'll get them involved in everything we can around them, I think eventually... Eventually, eventually, eventually. Now, we won't get all the world out ever. I don't think we ever will. There'll be scars. There'll be things that they'll remember. There'll be things that they looked at that they wish they would have never looked at. There'll be things they said and wish they never said. But let's do everything we can to protect them. That way they can stay clean and pure as long as they can. Listen, our young people are so valuable. Why are we going to let Satan dump as much of the world in them? Listen, the phones are killing our young people. The videos they're watching, the things that they're seeing on the phones. And I know it's tough. You got to be, you got to be working nonstop. It never, it never fails. It seems like you turn around and Satan has some other a device that he's trying to get the world into the young people. Listen, we got to do everything we can to keep them clean and pure because I believe, I truly believe that God created them something special and he has a great work for them. And I'm not saying that somebody who has had all the world dumped inside of them can't get cleaned up and used. But imagine a vessel that is clean and pure and God takes them and uses them for his honor and his glory. Listen, protect your home. 
Be faithful to church. Get involved in everything that you can. Listen, there's no reason that sports and hunting and all those things are more important than church. There's no way. Listen, God is more important. Serving the Lord is more important than all those things. And we need to get our young people involved. I believe that God has something great for them. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody